Welcome to today's episode of Sam Talks Telehealth. I am psyched to get to speak with Sharice Maynard. She is a mover and shaker, an advisor, a consultant, an investor, all in the digital health space, and also a podcaster. The thing about Sharice is she's really a leader in this space, and it's really important for me always to be bringing on women so that we can really highlight these stories. So without further ado, let's get to the podcast. Well, hey, Sharice, thank you so much for joining me today. I'm excited to have you here and to meet you almost live. Right. <laughs> thank you for having me. I'm excited to uh, get to talk to you today. And it is true. It's like we're all we're not on Twitter or Clubhouse all of a sudden. <laughs> exactly. Now, just to kick off for you know the audience, tell me a little bit about you uh, so they know who you are and the context of the work you do. Okay. So I have been in the health um, care space for a number of years, um, well over a decade, I actually started out in pediatrics. Um, and the first firm I ever worked for were using their all their computers for just scheduling of pediatrics. And I thought that was insane. So that's how I got my start. Um, I actually am the founder of a firm called, um, one of the founders of the firm called Nostradata um, Medical. And I also own a little firm called um, Bandia Fish, which is a, um, company that deals strictly with femtech, um, sex tech, and health tech data for women. Love and it. then I'm also one of the producers at um, Hit Like a Girl podcast. So I've been in, in this game a long time. I write a lot. Um, I speak um, occasionally since lockdown. And I just love the business of healthcare. I love the uh, ability of tech to solve some of the problems we've had for a long time, particularly access. So that's how I come to this space. And um, I work it every day. <laughs> I love it. And I'll make sure for everyone listening, we'll have all these um, notes, links in the show notes so that people can come through and also check out your podcast, which is fantastic in the different companies. So let's just go straight into it. You also do investing, some angel investing. Tell me, what do you look for when you're looking at digital health companies? What's attractive to you as an investor? Well, the first thing I look for, and I ask every company I um, work with this, it's like, what's your why? why are you building this? Um, I find that often, because you can imagine, we see so many um, ideas annually, you know, there's just thousands and thousands of them. But what I find is that you find, you will see a lot of solutions where there's no problems. Um, so what I really look for are the why, why you built this, who are you looking to serve? How are you going to get paid? Because um, revenue is important. Um, and the buy-in you have already. So you'll have companies that'll come to you and you'll ask them, hey, you know, have you done any trials or have people tried this already? And they haven't tested it on anything or anyone. And you're like, well, what are you doing? <laughs> Where's your efficacy? I don't know how, if this works. Um, but what excites me about it, and I say this all the time, one of the models of my, my company is to encourage 24 five crazy ideas before breakfast, it's because we need any of these solutions that have the right goals. We need them to succeed, right? Um, we can never give up on the possibility of tech to solve a problem. Um, so it, I'm just encouraged all the time by the tech I see, even if it's not perfect, they generally get off to a good start. They just need a little, you know, 
tutoring. <laughs> Little guidance. Yeah. And I like that because I think what we've seen, you know, we've seen so many, this billion, all this investments into tech. And oftentimes people are the investors, you get this sense of like, uh, where do they think the revenue is going to come from? And does this really work? And instead you're taking much more the attitude, the, the thought process of, you have to have some kind of efficacy and you have to know how it's going to get paid for because you can't be a, become a unicorn if it's all just, well, maybe value-based will catch up, you know, all of these sort of maybe things, which are not concrete to actually solving problems. Yeah. And, and how we're different from other areas of um, tech is that we can't build our products based on PR, right? We can't have people out there saying, hey, it's going to do this and it's going to be this great thing because at the end of the day, it impacts people's actual health. So we need it to work before <laughs> it gets there. And we need to be able to say that, hey, some people have you know, tested it and it does work and they are engaging with it. Yeah, and I think the, that's really helpful to coming from an investor because I'll have clients come to me who have a great idea, and then they also may not understand the time horizon to actually mm -hmm. get clinical data or to make these partnerships. And it sounds like you as an investor are helping these companies understand what it's really going to take. Yeah, and one, you know, I always say some advice, the best thing that um, health tech companies can do is hire themselves a really good consultant who understands the health ecosystem which is where a lot of um, tech products fail. They don't understand how the ecosystem works, the time it takes, the regulations involved and that type of thing. So I would say, um, let hire yourself a good consultant and um, have that person hopscotch the whole thing because they have one job to get your product ready to scale. Um, but unfortunately, companies are a little naive in the process it takes to um, actually scale a product in the time and investment you know, you'll have some companies that come to you and say, oh, we've been at this for six months and we're not getting any traction. It's like, well, honey, you're just beginning. So <laughs> exactly. No, I think that's very sage advice, right? Both of us who have clients in these processes and really understanding hire experts because it does make a big difference. Mm -hmm. So for you as an expert, what do you see in the next 24 months in the health tech space? What's most exciting for you? I think a lot of people would say AI, but I always caution, there's some things we have to consider. So if you look at the three top that we're probably going to see do the most, um, have the most impact, it'd probably be AI, big data, and autom automation, right? But those three things also have to do three things. They have to improve communications for everybody and all types of communications. When I say communications, it has to um, correct how patients and providers can communicate with each other, their languages, um, that type of thing. All that has to work. How machines communicate with each other, all that has to work. So communication, um, telling richer patient stories, data has to tell a story that's usable and that can drive the next step forward, right? And then I would guess the last thing would be to lessen burden. So we have a, you know, epidemic of burnout among physicians, particularly coming out of this pandemic, we've seen a lot of that. Um, even amongst nurses. So any technology, any solution that comes forward now has to solve that problem. It cannot increase that problem. Now, in the past, we could say that um, the technology created some of those problems, but it was because, you know, let's be honest, health tech it has, was in infancy and it has been and still kind of is, 
But now as we're seeing digital health mature, um, we can never, we can't use those excuses anymore. Your tech has to, your solution, your whatever you're using AI or big data, it has to accomplish some other goals, right? Yeah, absolutely. And I think that is really important, right? You can have all this data, but if it doesn't tell a story, if it just increases the burden, it's not very helpful. Exactly. Yeah, so really good, good point. Okay, now, Sharice, you did this awesome road trip this summer that you know I watched throughout the social media, taking the girls' podcast on the road, hiking in different places. What were some of your insights? Like what, you know, whether your community or being out, what did you, what did you take from that? Well, it's um, amazing in that we weren't sure anybody would buy into this idea of like coming back outside, right? Because we were doing this coming out of the pandemic and when things were first starting to open up and when we were able to get vaccines. Um, so we weren't sure that people were going to go for like, what do you mean hike together in the woods and all that kind of stuff and climb mountains? No. Um, so we put a plan together where it was like, okay, so we'll be outdoors, we'll stagger things so people don't have to be in such close proximity and um, hopefully um, get some really good groups of women together who will talk about the issues we face in the healthcare space and the health tech space. So it was this crazy idea that we were like, but we're gonna do it. So we did that and we met, met in um, Los Angeles, I flew out there. Um, we planned the whole thing out. My one of my partners, um, Joy Rios, is a um, you know very good at logistics, so she mapped it all out. Um, we got on the road. It was amazing. But one of the things is that women did show up. So they came out and they talked about the things that affect us in this field, how we're viewed, how we're overlooked, and that type of thing. But also, what was great was that we talked about real solutions about um, how women can show up for each other in this sector, but also how we can um, use, not necessarily use, but um, optimize our relationships with male allies and how systems should be responding to the issues in the healthcare space that we've seen in other spaces where the healthcare hasn't dealt with so well. So they were just amazing. So we went around the entire country. Like I said, we started in LA. Our last hike was scheduled for um, the hymn, the opening of hymns that week. So um, my favorite hike was uh, Mount Major in uh, New Hampshire. That was amazing. And there were so many, we had such a great turnout. Um, New England hymns um, got the word of, out about the hike and we had an amazing turnout for that hike. And we all made it to the top. Everybody, even with their different um, issues and health issues and that type of thing, everybody made it to the top of that mountain and everybody came back down safely. And it was just amazing. I love that. And I was bummed because I was actually already had a camping trip planned the weekend you were in Colorado. So I didn't get to come and join up and hike with you. But I think that's just, I love that, you know, those big ideas and then you <laughs> actually getting to meet people and what a rich opportunity that is. I think sometimes like, obviously you and I are on Zoom and I think all of this has great benefit. But there's something different about being outside with people, outside of a, it's not a conference, it's not a meeting, it's not right. a Zoom, it's like, did you find that conversation was more open than you expected? Yeah, because, um, because you weren't in those settings, right? You weren't across a screen in a Zoom um, where we're always kind of rushing to get out of meetings and that type of thing. No, it's just open space. 
um, where you could have real conversations and you find out women did some really incredible things during lockdown, learn new skills. Um, one woman had um, kind of hopscotched her own uh, diabetes type of um, plan. <laughs> and I was just like, you know, we found amazing things. Women, are, you know, we're very resilient and we're good planners. So during lockdown, I think we did some really amazing things besides the fact that we had to pick up 30% more work because um, we're usually in the homes. It's just us. And, our, you know, we're expected to take care of it. Even if our husbands are there um, working remotely <laughs> for some reason, <laughs> um, it falls to the women to run the household and do the work. So even with all that going on, we found things to do. We found ways to work out and still keep our sanity because, you know, what a challenge, right? Um, we also found ways to connect with each other. Like with Hit Like a Girl, we did a Martini Monday. That was something that we could all look forward to. Um, we had um, Lauren um, Deutsch from um, Lauren Academic Services who did, they're on the medical education side, teach us some mindfulness exercises to keep our sanity. We did some of those out on the trail. So um, women really um, showed up and we were able to showcase how we were able to manage through the pandemic and why we probably should be running everything. <laughs> Agreed. And I love that. And I, you know, I think that's what's exciting about my opportunity to connect with women like you and come on the podcast is really be able to say, what are we doing? How are we shaping this? And all the ways that we can help these companies, because I think we all know the data does support when you have women in charge. Actually, the companies do better money. because yep. mm -hmm. we have a different way of thinking. There's a heart-centeredness to it. Not None of us are anti-men. We're not saying that. We're just the data supports <laughs> that with the feminine energy, there is a, a, I, maybe you could say like a healthier kind of emotional life in those companies. Absolutely. I think women are just more emotionally mature. And also, if you think about it, women are natural nurturers. So anything we get, be it a baby or a company, <laughs> we're going to make sure that thing is okay in the world. So I believe that I, I, the notion that women can't run health tech companies is ridiculous. I think one of the things I'm finding more promising is that even in the past, I would say month, I've been interviewing more women who are running their own tech companies. And I think one of the things um, the industry needs to do is to encourage more women to um, not look for a seat at the table, build your own table because we deal with, women make the majority of the healthcare decisions in their homes. Mm -hmm. They deal with if a child has to go to the hospital or a husband has to go to the hospital. It is the woman who deals with all that. If there's issues with insurance, the woman deals that. So shouldn't that be the person building the tech to, um, you know, to mitigate all of those things? Yes. Even if you look at social determinants of health, women live longer. We tend to be more marginalized. So we should be building the solutions to solve those particular problems. Even you look at value-based care, right? Value-based care is now feasible. However, it's still being neglected. Give it to women and we'll make it all work because we nurture, right? Yeah, yeah. no, I love it. I love it. Well, Sharice, I'm so excited. Thank you so much for coming on the podcast today. It's a great chance to connect more in the almost real world. And I hope if you do another hike across America, that I will make sure I block out that day to come on a hike with you. 
absolutely. I think we should um, shoot for, because you're in Denver, right? Yeah. In, in Denver. We should, do, do you ever do um, Denver um, Startup Week? I had not done it in the past, but, you know, pre-COVID, I was like, oh, I'm going to do it. So when it comes back around. Yeah, let's let's put that on the calendar for next year, because I think we can probably get some um, women to do a hike and to talk about that and participate in that um, function. I'm, I'm really looking forward to being back in person for that particular um, conference next year. Absolutely. And we definitely have to have you on Hit Like a Girl podcast. I think it'd be great for us to have a session with me, you, Joy, and Robin. Ooh, that could be really fun. Mm -hmm. Yeah, really fun. Now for people, um, I'll put things in the show notes, but what's coming up for you that people should be looking out for? Oh, wow. I'm so busy. (laughs) Um, I think we do have the, I have a clubhouse group that we're transitioning to another format, um, healthcare follows the money. And then also I do a talk once a month um, for um, potential startups where they can come and I keep it an intimate group so they can come and get advice from real people who are actually doing the thing and raising money and that type of thing. Um, So that's my projects right now, giving more advice and to make sure um, that the types of solutions we want to see in the world actually make it to market. So I'm very heavily invested in those. I'm just all over ways on the uh, internet with um, social media, LinkedIn, Twitter, and that type of thing. Perfect. I will put all of that in the show notes. Thank you again for joining me today, Sharice. I really appreciate it. Oh, I'm excited. And I hope you've enjoyed today's episode of Sam Talks Telehealth as much as I have. Don't forget to subscribe and like the podcast. That way you know when the new ones are dropped. And for all of those who want to learn more about telehealth, more resources, and have a chance to work with me directly, feel free to go to telehealtheasy.com where you can find all the online courses and specialized services that I offer. We'll see you back here next time.